Hey, everybody, this is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, and it's time for a new episode of Best Flicks. It's been a little while since I've been on. I'm trying something a little bit new, still trying to find my footing, uh, but it's been a little too long since I brought out some content, so I need to get it going and start moving with this. So, as I said, this is Ricky D, Best Flicks with Ricky D. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Best Flicks Ricky D. And my other plug is that I am part of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. We just finished up our Firefly Rewatch, and we're diving into Cowboy Bebop. This is the first time I've seen Cowboy Bebop. Uh, this is really one of my early intros into anime, really. So if you want to come see what I have to say about Cowboy Bebop and anime and that whole world, come find us on the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. All right, so... What I'm doing with this episode, I'm just going to talk about some of the shows that I've been watching recently that I think are just really great products. Uh, some of them are going to be fairly new. Some of them, actually most of them are going to be a little bit old. Uh, but that doesn't mean they don't still need to be watched. And I'm just trying to bring out the best content for you guys, letting you know what's some of the best stuff. Uh, first off, we're going to do HBO Max. And I know it's kind of a 90s show, but The Sopranos, uh, if you haven't seen The Sopranos, if you have HBO Max, all of those original content shows from the late 90s, early 2000s are unbelievable. I've actually got my TV paused on the season five finale of Sopranos right now. So if you aren't aware, The Sopranos is about this family, uh, the, the Sopranos, and it's about Tony Soprano trying to reconcile his extremely violent uh, mob boss ways uh, where he's killing people and he's running illegal gambling schemes and it's, you know, classic New York mob st stories. And then he has a family that he has to reconcile all of this with. He has a daughter going off to college. He's got a son who's kind of straying into bad territory and he w needs to figure out how do you try and raise a good son while still being a kind of bad person? And also, how do you reconcile all of these feelings with yourself and still consider yourself a good person? Uh, what really makes The Sopranos special is that I'd say probably 40 to 50% of the screen time in certain seasons are spent in a therapist's office. So Tony is bringing up all of his feelings and talking to Dr. Melfi, his therapist, and so she knows everything that he does, but through doctor-patient uh, confidentiality, she cannot rat on him or anything like this, although she goes to her own therapist and discusses her dealings with Tony with her therapist, which is still confidential, uh, but anyways, it's just a really well-made, one of the best things on HBO. It is getting to be about 20 years old, but outside of issues like cell phones, technologies, that kind of stuff, it doesn't feel old at all. So Sopranos, number one with a bullet. If you got HBO Max, you need to watch Sopranos. Or if you haven't seen it in a few years, this is definitely worth a rewatch. Uh, coming into something a little bit newer, Watchmen. I believe that came out in 2019. Uh, but this is a story, this is like a spinoff of the graphic novel and the subsequent movie, The Watchmen, where there's all these people with masks and 
there's a couple of them with superpowers, but mostly it's just uh, anonymity that is their superpowers. So that was the original Watchmen. And now there's a new Watchmen series on HBO Max, and it's set in the same world, but it's set like 30, 40 years in the future. Uh, you will recognize a couple of faces if you know the the graphic novel and the old movie. Of course, Mr. Manhattan is going to be in it. He's indestructible, but he's also on Mars for a considerable amount of the series. Uh, Adrian Veidt, he was one of the superheroes whose superpower was having a ton of having a ton of money and being able to buy whatever he wanted. And he is just as crazy and spiraling out even further as he was previously. And then the main storyline revolves around police officers and what it means to police in 2020. Uh, and it is a different world than ours. It's not set on, it's, you know, it's got its own canon. Uh, but these cops, pretty much every cop in the show wears a face mask that conceals their identity. Uh, and that may that way, when you're arresting somebody and if you're being recorded arresting them or whatever, it prevents vigilantism against the police force, uh, which is just a really interesting idea considering where we are in 2021 with our own policing, at least in uh, the United States, which is where I'm from. And, you know, all the criticism that's going on and the idea of pl police officers wearing face masks is just it really plays well in the series. So The Watchmen, it's newer on HBO. It's got an amazing storyline, but it is a little political, so you might want you be aware of that, I guess. Uh, coming in after Watchmen, we've got Silicon Valley, another HBO Max show. Uh, this one is more comedy-based than anything else. It's about a startup tech company and what they go through, all of the victories and all the foibles and everything like that uh when you're starting a tech company a tech company uh, how do you get room and board in california if you're not making any money so they have to find a place to work out of and a place to live uh their app has amazing ideas but then they have to sell it to different companies and this doesn't sound that funny but i promise it is so silicon valley it's about that it's about growing a business in silicon valley uh, one of my favorite actors is in that one, Martin Starr. Uh, he was Bill Haverchuk in Freaks and Geeks. And if you're a fan of Party Down, he was Roman on Party Down. But uh, spoiler alert, I'll get back to Party Down in a few minutes. Uh, so Silicon Valley, uh, the humor comes from all these friends being in a tight space. They all have very intense personalities. Uh, a couple other people that you're going to recognize from the cast. These are big names. There is Zach Woods. He played Gabe on The Office. He was also on a few episodes of Veep. He was Tripler on Arrested Development. Uh, he's just this tall, gangly, awkward guy. Uh, a lot of people hate watching him. I definitely enjoy it. He's, his desperation acting really comes along very well. So you got Zach Woods. There's Thomas Middleditch. He is also on there. He is a improv comedian, and he's also a fairly prominent actor. He was also in a bunch of Verizon commercials, I think. And, of course, there is T.J. Miller on Silicon Valley. Uh, he plays an excellent stoner. He gets a lot of laughs. And then I've got just a few more to wrap up HBO Now. If you're not watching Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, it comes out most Sunday evenings. He skips a lot of weeks, though. 
but it's a Sunday evening news program. Uh, they take one or two topics and they do a really cool in-depth dive on just giving you more information, telling you why it's good or bad for the country. He picks very politically charged topics, but he also does a lot of very silly things. Uh, so if you like getting your news with a little twist of humor and also it's not always super topical because he's going on these deep dives but it's always amazing information so last week tonight john oliver my favorite news program and then if you're looking for any kind of documentary series uh hbo max put out q into the storm about a month and a half maybe two months ago uh i guess for when i'm recording this and <clears throat> that one is all about the QAnon phenomenon and i'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories but there is this kind of documentary style that's right that's showing up and it's like investigating conspiracy theories uh leah remini did a really cool one like i think it was called going clear the scientology documentary and then this one is also really good it just it tears into that q issue and it talks about what could make it legitimate? What are all the reasons that make it illegitimate? And it it does an excellent job of uh, just teaching somebody that doesn't really know what's going on in the QAnon world exactly what's going on in the QAnon world. So uh, Q Into the Storm, six hour-long episodes, uh, incredible, incredible amount of information, highly recommend. Uh, and I'm going to do one movie on this list. I watched The Town recently. This is another one that's on HBO Max. It is a very classic bank robbery gangster film. Uh, You could almost put it right up against Casino and Goodfellas and those ones. Uh, It reminds me a lot of all of the bank robbery and all the Joker scenes from Batman Begins. No, sorry, uh, Dark Knight. And... It just does really good with all the bank robbery scenes. And then Ben Affleck is a main character. He falls in love with one of the women that was in the bank that was robbed at the beginning. So obviously, if they're trying to distance themselves from this robbery, he shouldn't be hanging out with anybody that could recognize him. And then his partner is also recognizable. And, you know, if he's going to be hanging out with his partner and this new girlfriend there's some kind of knowledge wall that's going to break down. And that's kind of where the entire series go or where the entire movie goes is how do you continue to be a gangster and a robber, but also try and come clean. I guess that's probably a theme for a lot of gangster movies. Going into dollhouse. This one is on Hulu. Uh, If you're a fan of Joss Whedon, this is a must watch. We just got done with the firefly broadcast uh, I also watched a little bit of Buffy recently, and I've just been kind of in that Joss Whedon move mood. Dollhouse, absolutely amazing. Uh, the main character, the main actress, is Eliza Dushku. She is a Joss Whedon favorite, and the entire crux of the series is there are these people that sign up to be dolls, and they go into this amazing spa laboratory underground place where they can actually remove your thoughts, your ideas, your memories, all of that, and you walk around this house as a doll, uh, basically just getting massages and swimming and being fed and doing yoga. But then the company can send you out on missions. They can fill your head 
with like combat or investigative abilities or dancing abilities because one of the um, times Eliza Dushku has to protect a singer so she becomes a background dancer and hangs out on stage just in case something happens she'll be right there so you can imbue these dolls with basically any ability through their brain and I'm kind of now realizing that's very Matrix-esque it's very similar to how Neo was able to download all of these abilities into his brain but everything kind of goes wrong in the dollhouse as a good storyline would uh, would have it and they start the people that work inside this branch of the dollhouse start questioning what is the greater good what are we trying to do here uh, are we putting these people in danger what are the long-term effects all of that and the dollhouse kind of starts to unwind and fall into pieces uh, it's only 22 episodes, I think, 11 seasons in uh, 11 episodes per season, two seasons. It's a fairly quick watch and it has some really great ideas about humanity and morality. And it's also just a really exciting show. Uh, Dollhouse might be my favorite Joss Whedon product. And I mentioned Party Down recently. Party Down was a very small series. It was on Stars, and I don't think anybody subscribes to Stars now, in the future, in the past. Uh, Stars is just like one of those forgotten premium channels. I know lots of people that had HBO. I know lots of people that had Showtime. Never ran into anybody that watched Stars. However, they put out this amazing show called Party Down. It is starring Adam Scott. You will know him as Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. Uh, it's also got, I think her name is Linda Cardellini. Um, she is in it. And basically, the show is Party Down is this catering company. And all of, they basically get sent out to different events. And in these events, they could be at a draft party for a college football player who's trying to get drafted into the NFL. And he's expecting to be like a first or second round draft pick. And... He just keeps on not getting picked, keeps on not getting picked. And then it comes out that there's pictures of him uh, in a homosexual relationship with somebody else. And none of the NFL teams want to have a quarterback who's a homosexual. Uh, and it's not really trying to be homophobic or anything. That's just kind of some background information that lights all of the other fires that kind of keep the show interesting. Martin Starr is also in this. He's got that really crisp dry personality in it uh he just he hates everybody that he works with and there's especially this kind of pretty guy pretty boy who he just is constantly digging into um but martin star makes an excellent adversarial character on your shows he's always good and i also forgot to mention he was in knocked up he was the guy that uh he lost a bet and he was growing a beard the entire movie and he just looked like charles manson and they all kept making fun of him for looking like a creep. Uh, Martin Starr, excellent. Love him in everything. I'm going to take this in a turn that I uh, usually don't go on Best Flicks, but family-friendly pro programs. Uh, Modern Family is on Hulu right now. It also plays very regularly on cable TV. And Modern Family is so good. They went 10 full 22-plus episode seasons. Uh, it's clever. It's modern it's really good uh some of the main characters are uh 
Honestly, the show doesn't have a lot of really big name people. Julie Bowen, she's the mom of the family. Uh, you, she's been in some Adam Sandler movies. Uh, she's been kind of like the female best friend of the lead in a couple different movies. Uh, but she plays a very good mom character in this. Uh, you've also got Ed O'Neill. He played Al Bundy from Married with Children. And he plays a very good... He's like a 2020 version of Al Bundy. He's still crusty and crunchy and kind of an aggressive dude. But he's put in this new modern family. Oh, I said it. He's put in this new modern family setting where one of his sons turns out to be gay. Uh, he marries Sofia Vergara, and she brings her uh, Cuban child with her into the marriage. So now he has to learn what it's like to grow up a child from a different ethnicity when he is just kind of this old set-in-his-ways man. So that's really the crux of the entire film, or the entire series, is there's these... They're growing, they're growing up in a new world. They're raising a family in a world that was different than the world that they were raised in. And they're growing and they're accepting, but they're also fumbling and slipping at different times. So it's just such a good family show. Uh, if you've got a family, if you uh, maybe are longing to reconnect with your family, what have it, Modern Family, brilliant family show. And now I'm going to take a little twist and go to Breaking Bad. Uh, I know everybody was watching Breaking Bad a while ago, but it is still hanging out on Netflix. Uh, this is a show where Walter White, he is played by Brian Cranston, who you would most likely know from Malcolm in the Middle or Breaking Bad. Uh, he's a high school chemistry teacher, and he, when he was in college, he had these friends, and he had started a company, and he had all this incredible potential but he ended up doing high school math which is respectable in its own right but it's hard not to think about what could have been if he had been if he had continued to run this uh bioengineering company so he just he finds out he has cancer he has to make money for his family before he passes and it turns out that he can make incredibly strong methamphetamine so he begins producing methamphetamine, and that takes him down this dark road of gangsters and partners that he's not sure he can trust, and just all these different, and trying to hide all of this from his family and friends. So Breaking Bad, 10 out of 10. If you haven't seen it, must watch. If you haven't seen it since it came out, go dig back in. They also have the El Camino that was the movie that they released several years after Breaking Bad ended. Uh, that one is basically about Jesse's escape, and it starts out right after the last episode. And what happens to Jesse, because we saw Walter die at the end, spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, we see all of the gangster kingpins die, and Jesse just kind of is stagnant at the end. And we get to see through El Camino what happened to Jesse after Breaking Bad. Uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. This one is a Netflix original series. This is a very awkward-looking animation show, but it's also, I would argue, one of the most important shows that Netflix has made so far. Uh, it is all about these kids going through middle school and going through changes, uh, as I mentioned in the intro song, and 
learning to accept their changing bodies, learning to accept uh, their differences among their peers. Uh, there is one episode early in season one where two of the young girls end up going to a uh, naked bathhouse that's all women and they're wandering through there and there's this big musical number about all the different types of bodies that women have and women should be proud of their body no matter what shape it is. Uh, there is certainly a coveted type of body that a lot of women are trying to obtain, but that might be unhealthy for them to reach for something that isn't possible with their body type. And it's just, I mean, it's kind of gross because there's these girls wandering around in this naked bathhouse and there's animated breasts and it's, it's really ridiculous, but it's also incredibly moving. Uh, they deal with all kinds of things from children learning to masturbate from uh, difficult family issues and uh, growing up, in your family versus your friend's family who might have more money. Uh, it deals with sexuality. There's another really good episode about code changing. There is a little black girl in the show named Missy, and because she's basically the only black girl in her class, she's been socialized to act just like all the white kids. But then she goes home with her family, or to like a family reunion type situation, and everybody's acting a little more urban. Everybody's acting a little different than how she was socialized to be, you know, to act in public. And they, it's basically a breakdown of how do black people act in public and then how do they act amongst their own group. Uh, and there's code switching. Uh, you basically just act to be, you, <laughs> you just act like whatever group you're within. Uh, and also, how do you get good at that and other different things? It's just, that's a hard topic. I feel weird talking about it right now, but they did an amazing job of tackling it on Party Down. Uh, they just, they get into all these very, very difficult subjects to deal with, and they break it down, and they do an incredible job of explaining it. And it's funny and poignant, and there's tons of songs, and it's fun, Big Mouth is just such a good show. <laughs> I, I really can't get over it, how they tackle these really difficult, really big subjects, and they do it admirably. Uh, so also on Netflix, another original series from Netflix, Love. This was written and directed by Judd Apatow. Uh, I think it's one of his better, but also one of his maybe hidden gems uh this is the story of gus and mickey uh they they're kind of trying to date they're trying to figure each other out and they're dealing with roommate situations gus lives in this kind of like bachelor apartment setting where it's just nothing but dudes living in apartments uh they're always having fun they're always drinking but it's also kind of sad because none of them are married none of them have families uh <clears throat> there it's just full of great characters it's full of judd apatow level dialogue uh he tackles difficult issues he makes everything funny love is such a good just little slice of life type program you have to watch it there's also tons of fighting um you know it's just it's a great show about relationships uh coming up with 
uh, coming in on Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. This is another uh, Netflix original series, and this one is starring Allison Brie. It's got Mark Marin in it, uh, and basically, it's Mark Marin is trying to create this wrestling program for of all women. Uh, so there's all these women. They're all having to live together. They end up like living in a hotel all at once. They all have dramatic different personalities. Uh, Allison Brie is just this kind of button-down, hardworking actress. Uh, she's also got an actress friend. There is a wolf woman. Uh, they all of the people in the show have costumes that they wear, uh, but this woman actually believes that she is a wolf. She identifies as a wolf. And she wears all kinds of weird clothing, and she doesn't talk to anybody, and her makeup is bizarre. Uh, but Allison Bree ends up being a roommate with her in that hotel, and they kind of talk to each other and see each other. Uh, <clears throat> and so along with all of these great storylines that they're weaving together, and of course this gorgeous ladies of wrestling show that could never work. And while we've got all of these fun storylines going on, there's also very attractive women dressed up in very tiny, very tight spandex and leotards. So you get all of the good mental fuel, but you also get a little bit of eye candy in this. So Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, great couple show. I would say Love is also a great show for young couples to watch together. It's just, it's got something for everyone. And the last show I'm going to mention that I have been watching that you should be watching is another Netflix original series. I really like all the original stuff Netflix does. Billy on the Street. This uh, is Billy Eichner. He was Craig on Parks and Rec. He's he's the guy that kind of screams and everything's intense and he's got a lazy eye and just you got to pay attention to him. So Billy Eichner, uh, he's uh, he's a divisive type of character. Some people hate him. I absolutely love him. Uh, on his game show, Billy on the Street, he basically he acts the same way he does in all of his roles. So I think that's really him. But uh, he just runs around New York. He plays stupid, just man-on-the-street games. Uh, he'll run up to people and wave a dollar in their face and go, for a dollar, do you love David Hasselhoff? And it's just bizarre. He gets, he finds amazing characters from New York, just the most insane people. And he will have, and not like mentally ill, um, strange, but just bizarre personality strange. And he'll go on a full interview and start asking them a whole bunch of ridiculous questions. Uh, and it's fun. It's exciting. It's explosive. Uh, they're always running somewhere. The cameraman, you can always feel the camera bouncing from the cameraman because he's just running in circles trying to keep up. Uh, Billy on the Street is very fun. Uh, it's quick. Uh, I recommend you watch at least two or three episodes, see if it fits your taste. And that's it. I think we got through this. It's another episode of Best Flicks with me, Ricky D. So I want to say thank you for coming with me. And I'll catch you next week.